guys, welcome to another episode of Walk on Wisdom. This is Walk on Wisdom, episode 10, where I take your questions sent into podcast at michaelchandler.com. Questions that you can ask in any topic, any way, about anything. As I always say, I am by no means an expert at anything. I'm just a guy who's been around the block a couple times, been around the world a couple times, been high, been low, um, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, extreme joy and extreme pain um, in a lot of areas of my life. So I appreciate you guys sending in your questions and trusting me to answer them. So let's get right into it. Walk on Wisdom, episode 10. First question is from Zachary. What's up, Mike? Before my question, I want to thank you for all the entertainment you've given the fight fans ever since you started your MMA career, and I'm hoping you get the McGregor fight. Well, Zachary, we just got announced. So this came in a couple of days ago before it got announced. So I am extremely happy that I got the Conor McGregor fight as well. So as for my question, what do you think makes a man a man? Is it his ability to, to provide for his family and himself and have an impressive job title, or is it more the way he carries himself day to day? Or maybe a mixture of everything. Thanks again, and good luck to you in your future endeavors. Zachary, what a phenomenal question, because I think that is our purpose in life, to find the best version of ourselves, to find happiness, joy, peace, contentment, success. It's okay to want success. It's okay to want ridiculous amounts of fulfillment, peace, joy, money. It's okay to want money. It's okay to want platform. It's okay to want notoriety. It's okay to want respect, demand, and command respect. It's okay to want all of these different things. It just depends on who are you in each one of these seasons as you move from season to season, from triumph to tragedy, from setback to setback without losing the momentum, without losing the zeal for life and the pursuit of becoming your best self. So what makes a man a man? Is it his ability, his ability to provide for himself and his family, to have an impressive job title, or is it the way that he carries himself? I would say, when I speak from personal experience, these days I care so much more about the man in the mirror when I wake up every single morning than I did back when I was younger. Um, when I was younger, I still cared about my reputation. Your reputation is the most important thing you will ever have in this entire life. Your reputation cashes checks. Your reputation creates relationships and keeps relationships. Your reputation gets you from one rung of society, of relationships, of your job, of your vocation, from one rung to the next rung to the next rung. Your reputation and what other people say about you, about your reliability, about your willingness to go the extra mile, about your willingness to have a good attitude, to be a team player, to say yes when you need to say yes, to say no when you need to say no. But when I was younger, I knew that that reputation was important to me, but winning was so much more important. I thought if I could just win world titles, if I could just become the fighter that I needed to be, then everything else would fall into place. And that is true in certain regards. Um, but I would say the ultimate measure of a man is being true to himself and serving others. The great Zig Ziglar, one of the greatest motivational speakers of all time, who has now passed away, said, you can have everything you want in life if you will just help enough other people get what they want in life. So this perfect, never perfect, but this, this good or great mixture 
between the fine line of serving other people and being selfish in your ambitions and trying to climb the ladder, trying to accomplish things, trying to become the man of accomplishment, the woman of accomplishment that you were called to be. So then you can be selfless and serve other people as well. So when it comes to the question of what is more important, let's call it success or the title or the platform or the way that you carry yourself. Are you a man or a woman of character, integrity, honor? Is your reputation solid? What do other people say about you? How reliable are you? When it comes to which one of those is more important, I think it's different seasons and different emphases on both. So like what I mean by that was back when I was just trying to create this journey for myself, trying to create this accomplishment, this name for myself, this reputation of trying to become the best fighter in the world. You get a little bit older, you meet the woman of your dreams, you stand there at the altar and you promise to love and serve and protect her the rest of your life and provide for her the rest of your life. And then you start bringing kids into the mix and you start to realize the glitz and the glam and the gold belts and the gold medals and the promotions at your job or the, the zeros in your bank account, the car that you drive, the house that you have, all of these things, those are important because those are, those are indicators of your success in a worldly fashion, in a worldly manner. But it, it means so much more to me right now in this season of my life as I've gotten more toward the second half of my athletic endeavors, being a professional athlete now for 14 years. It means so much more to me the impact that I'm making on people and most importantly, the impact I'm making when I cross that threshold here at my house. Am I where my feet are? Am I serving my children? Am I serving my wife? I brought up in a, in a previous episode, my wife shared something with me that I think she saw on Instagram or someone, someone said, we talk about how we would die for somebody. And I would literally take a bullet for my wife, my boys, and a couple other people on the earth. So we talk about we would die for our family for my wife, my kids, but what I live for them. And I've really been thinking about that, visualizing that, praying over that, med meditating over that. Am I living for them? Am I truly living for them? And it's a delicate dance. I believe perfect balance is a myth. And I think as soon as you give up the notion and idea and uh, striving to be perfectly balanced, the more you're going to see your life fall into order. So that's a great question, Zachary. Either way, just make sure you never put limits on yourself and never tell yourself that you should not be going out and accomplishing everything that you truly desire in your heart because that, those things need to be strived for, worked for, to be get closer to in order to be selfless to be able to serve those in your family, in your life. Good question, Zachary. Thank you. Next one comes from Peter. I just heard about the fight with McGregor. Congratulations. How do you feel that you match up with him stylistically? Okay, so we got a stylistic breaking down the fight. How would I break down Connor? I think Connor is supremely confident in himself, which whether we like it or not, dictates every single action inside and outside of the octagon. He's supremely confident in, him, in, in himself. He's always been supremely confident. But even more so now that he's gained worldwide recognition, 
He's a larger than life figure in his mind and in a lot of people's mind. But when you break him down stylistically, he's a long rangey Southpaw. He's now since gained some muscle mass. So he's going to be a little bit bigger than he always has been. We'll see how that size, that exercise translates to his footwork and his movement, his spins, how fast his, his strikes are. He's really, really good at changing angles, getting out of the way of punches by just a fraction of an inch and then firing back with counter shots. So while, while Connor is always in your face, you feel his presence. He's not always within range. You feel his presence because he's already a larger than life figure before you step inside of the octagon. Then you see the way that he carries himself. And there's nothing more scary and more intimidating than a man who is fully confident and fully, fully secure in himself inside of the microcosm of mixed martial arts. So when I say you feel his presence, it's not because you feel his presence like you feel my presence. You feel my presence because I'm physically within range and I'm trying to touch you, trying to get my hands on you at all times. So when I break down this fight, I think I've got more power than him. I think the speed is very similar. I believe his reaction times are better. His counter striking is better. You see the Eddie Alvarez fight, the Jose Aldo fight, the Chad Mendez fight. Both of those guys overextended overextended themselves, got themselves into Connor's range. Connor got barely out of range and then fired back with a ridiculously brilliant combination on all of them. Wrestling and grappling and cardio, I think I have the edge. However, we saw Habib try to take him down numerous times. I'm, you know, eventually got him down, but his takedown defense is better than we give it credit for. His cage defense is better than we give him credit for. And even his grappling, I think, is better than we give him credit for. Um, so ultimately, this is a fight that scares me, not just because of the 13 episodes we're going to have on ESPN, the network leading up to this fight with the ultimate fighter, me coaching against him, the competition from day one all the way to the end of filming, then going into the summer and then fighting later this fall here in 2023. Um but it's a fight that scares me physically as well because he does have some very great gifts. He is well-versed in mixed martial arts. He's always supremely confident in himself. I don't care if he shattered his, shatters his leg almost two years ago, comes back. The man is still confident in himself. He is confident in his, in his abilities. And the fact that it's me standing on the other side of the octagon with him later this year is indicative of a man who will never shy away from a challenge. We can talk about his record. We can talk about him losing more fights than he has won in the last couple of years. But if you look at his strength of schedule, are you really in a position to, to criticize the man? You look at my record. Are you really in a position to criticize our records? If we're fighting the best guys in the world at 155 pounds, 170 pounds, whatever weight class he has been competing in. So that's how I would break it down. I'm excited about it. For those of you who don't know, Myself and Conor McGregor are going to be the coaches against each other on The Ultimate Fighter. We start filming here very soon. By the time this episode comes out, I may be even be in Vegas already filming it against him. The competition starts right now. Getting in his head starts right now. Me beating him in every single one of these fights, being a better coach than him, being a better leader than him, being a better, being a better guy inside of this reality show that we're about to, to uh, shoot starts right now. And then we're going to carry that momentum, carry that tension, carry that rivalry into us fighting later on this year at some point at an undisclosed location or, uh, or well, as of right now, not undisclosed, but undetermined location and undetermined date as of right now, as we sit here in February 
of 2023. So thank you, Peter. Next one is from Brock. Hey, Michael, let's say you beat Connor later this year. That you, What will your plan be after that? It doesn't get much bigger than Connor McGregor. So what would your plan be post Connor fight? That's a great question. Um, as you said, let's put ourselves in the scenario that I beat Connor. Um, I beat Connor. It's a massive, massive success on pay-per-view. We sell a ton of pay-per-views because I believe people want to watch me fight because of my fighting style. Um, I believe people are, obviously people want to see Connor fight. That goes without saying. He's the biggest combat sports guy on the planet right now. Um, but with that being said, I think we haven't even scratched the surface of how big this fight is going to be. Having the luxury and benefit of filming the ultimate fighter and having our these one hour episodes cast for all the world to see on ESPN linear and ESPN plus and living on ESPN plus that means you can come in on you can come in on week 11 and uh you can go back and watch all of the old episodes leading up to that finale where one of these young men get their dream of becoming a UFC fighter to get the UFC contract um but let's say I beat him I think it does massive numbers. It's a huge pay-per-view. People people tune in because they want to feel something. They want to be entertained. They want to see a high-stakes battle between two guys at their greatest moment of opportunity in a battlefield of, of epic proportions. Every time Connor steps inside the octagon, it's the biggest fight of the year. I think I've proven over the last two years now being signed with the UFCs, fighting the biggest names and the toughest tests and the toughest fighters in the world at 155 pounds and doing it in an exciting way, ups and downs, wins and losses. I haven't won every single fight, but I've been in every single fight, almost finishing Charles Oliveira, hurting Justin Gaethje, hurting Dustin Poirier. Ultimately, yes. Was I the quote unquote loser in those fights? Absolutely. But every single time I have earned a bonus, every single time I made people feel something. So after that, a win against Connor puts me in the position where maybe it's a rematch against Connor. Maybe it's another big fight. I do think, uh, I'm going to be in the talks for a title shot possibly, you know, so you never quite know what the circumstances are going to be, but all you can do, and this is just a, this is just a simple truth in life. All you can do is make the best decision that you can with the information that you have at the time of said decision. So, um, we'll see big fights, big stages, big platforms, big opportunities, and, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I can't wait for y'all to be on this journey with me. Next one <clears throat> from Parker. Hey, Mike, just want to start off by saying I'm so excited and happy for you to have this incredible opportunity to coach tough and get the biggest fight in the entire sport. You always preach success over perfection, but I feel that you exude more than that. I'd say excellence over success, always doing the right thing, staying true to yourself and your values, valuing, carrying yourself the right way and leading by example, rather than doing the bare minimum or cutting corners to fast track your way to quote unquote success. With that out of the way, I have a question. My question is, how do you keep perspective about what's truly important and what you truly value in life? When the octagon lights turn off and those gloves hit the floor, what will you have when it's all over that's most important to you? And how do you keep those things in your mind when at times you are the biggest star in the room, when at times everything is revolving around you? God bless. See you at the top. Goodness, Parker, that's a great question, man. You know, I, uh, I have been truly, truly blessed. I, there has been moments in my life where I have cursed my upbringing. I have cursed my, my 
my past. I have cursed the series of downtrodden, self-deprecating self-beliefs that I've had in my past. And now as I've gotten on the other side of them and I have built myself up into the man that I am today, I am truly, truly blessed by them. I'm truly, truly blessed by where I started, the humble beginnings that I had, the blue collar, 40 hour work week, working two and three jobs to provide for the family, mom and dad that I had, um, or that I have still currently, praise God, they're still alive. Um, and there's been times in my life, as I said, that I cursed that and I wish I had a different upbringing. And why do I have to feel this way about myself? Why do I have to look in the mirror and not like the other person? not like the person that I'm seeing, not believe in the person that I'm seeing. Why do I do all of the work? Why am I the hardest worker in the room? Why do I run through that brick wall every single day for these coaches, for the promises I made to myself to work hard and do all the labor and do all the reps and all the sets. Yet in my mind, I don't believe that I truly deserve to be successful because of my upbringing. And I always blamed it on my upbringing. I always blamed it on where I came from. I always blamed it on the things that had happened to me in my past. And now as I sit here as a 36-year-old man on the other side of it, and I still struggle with self-image to this day, that small guy from the small town who was taught to do small things is still inside of me. And he comes up and screams in my ear and he's screaming in my brain every now and then, but I've gotten really good at curbing him. I've gotten really good at silencing him and, and, and taking that extremely loud shout of negative self-belief and negative self-talk talk, gotten really good at suppressing that and turning it into a whisper. So as far as the things that are important to me and how I may be quote unquote, like you said, Parker, the, the most well-known guy in the room or the toughest guy in the room, the biggest star in the room. I've never looked at myself that way. I really haven't. And I think that's a testament to my upbringing. I think my dad was the hardest working man I knew. My mom was the hardest working woman that I knew. And every single time they were in a room, they never looked at themselves as better than anyone else because we're all running our own race. doesn't matter if you're the biggest star in the room or the biggest nobody in the room which being the biggest nobody in the room is not a real thing. There is no nobodies. There are no nobodies on this planet. Every single one of us was born with talents and blessings and abilities and gifts. It's just up to us to cultivate them and grow them and pursue them to the best of our abilities. So even though I might be the biggest name, biggest star, biggest athlete, toughest guy in the room. I've never looked at myself that way. And and I can look to my past and my upbringing, the humble beginnings that I have that help me stay the course in humility. Because there's a fine line between thinking too highly of yourself, being narcissistic, being cocky. Nobody likes those people, right? So sometimes we get so afraid of becoming that person or being known as that person or being seen as that person that we dim our own light. We think less of ourselves. We cower down. I'm not a large human being. I'm not a big guy. But I have found myself already not being one of the biggest guys in the room, but also cowering down, shrugging my shoulders a little bit, making myself a little bit smaller so I don't make people feel insecure around me or make people think that I think too highly of myself. I don't 
think that that is from God. I do not think that that is the way he created us. I do not think that that is the way that we are supposed to live. I think we are supposed to let our gifts be on display. And most importantly, when you do find levels of success, when you do accomplish a goal, attain a dream, find a new level level of success, climb another rung that you're trying to climb to, reach a goal, make sure you take a moment to stop and say, I'm proud of you. Pat yourself on the back because I never, ever did that. I would accomplish something. I would win a match. I would beat a guy who was ranked higher than me. I would beat a guy I wasn't supposed to. Make the starting lineup at Mizzou when I wasn't supposed to. Become a national qualifier when I wasn't supposed to. Become an All-American when I wasn't supposed to. Become a world champion in mixed martial arts when I wasn't supposed to. Accomplishing all those things, never taking a moment to say, Michael, I'm proud of you. Wake up in the morning and say, I, Michael Chandler, am proud of myself. Look at what you've created. Look at what you've built. Isn't that the goal of life? Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing here? If you don't love you, if you don't accept you, if you aren't proud of you, then how are you ever going to expect yourself to perform in the biggest, of brightest of stages to get to the next level? Because I'm telling you right now, take it from me, it's only a matter of time before you take that first loss, you have that first setback, you taste that first little grit of dirt in your mouth when you've been smacked down to the ground, that all of a sudden you, fell, you fall into the hardest time of your life like I did. I was not ready to lose to Eddie Alvarez back in 2013 or whenever it was, and it led to three losses in a row, 688 days without winning a fight because I was doing all the reps, doing all the sets, working harder than anybody else physically, but all I was doing was building up a bigger, faster, stronger, more dominant, more dangerous, subpar version of the man that I was supposed to become because the battle between my ears was being lost every single day. I was not standing guard at the gate of my mind. So the most important thing for me, by the time I get done with this dream of a life in mixed martial arts that I have had. And I've had this vivid vision for the last couple of years now in some arena somewhere, sweaty. I walk back to the locker room, take those gloves off for the last time. I got my hands on the sink and I'm looking in the mirror. And I have to ask myself, Michael, did you, did you do every single thing that you possibly could with these talents and these gifts that you were given? And I just hope in that moment I can answer truthfully and without regret. And that vision of that man having any ounce of regret, having any ounce of underperformance, having any ounce of, it's not about not reaching the goal. It's not about not attaining what I want to attain. It's about not putting myself fully out there, living authentically within myself and trying as hard as I possibly can. That's the only way that I have regret. If I'm never a world champion in the UFC, it's not that failure of, of, not becoming that it's, did I cut any corners? Did I do every single thing that I possibly could with the talents and gifts that I was given? So I think you guys should think about that. Think about that version of yourself. Where are you? What does it smell like, taste like, feel like? What are the emotions that are going on? Think about yourself with the regret of not putting yourself out there, not taking a chance on yourself, not walking on to that scenario that scares you, not walking on to the chance that you wish that you would have taken. Take chances, throw yourself fully into the fire. Great question, Parker. I appreciate you. Next question is from Abraham. Mike, thanks for, take, 
is thanks for taking my question. I've heard you mention you're an anti you're on an anti-inflammatory diet. Just was curious what that consisted consisted of or what an off-season out of training camp versus in-season training camp diet looks like. I'm sure there's plenty plenty of us listeners, myself included, who would like to start to continue a weight loss journey and maybe tips and tricks from diet or supplement regimen. Could you help us in need? Look forward to the response. See you at the top. Staff Sergeant Abraham Camacho, U.S. Air Force. My man. Thank you for your service, Abraham. Um, so as far as my diet, yes, I have I have spoken about anti-inflammatories a lot. I, um, I've dabbled in kind of what you might call an anti-inflammatory diet. I forget who talks about it. Um, can you look up Dr. Mark Hyman? Um, so Dr. Mark, sorry, I was talking to Connor there. Not you guys. Don't do it, especially if you're driving. Don't be looking up Dr. Mark Hyman right now. I was talking to Connor here in studio. Um, I believe he's talked about an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, he calls his diet the pagan diet, if you will. Um, but the biggest thing and probably the biggest detriment, the biggest, the biggest ailment producers in our entire life and our entire body is inflammation. And a lot of it is environmental toxins. A lot of it is our diet. A lot of it is refined sugars and seed oils and all this crap that we put into our bodies. And sometimes no fault of our own, we are a victim of a broken food system. Um, but ultimately I stick to whole foods when it comes to meats, lean meats, mainly steak. I love steak. I love fish, chicken every now and then lamb. Um, I like wild game as well. And then just vegetables. So when I say vegetables, I don't do a lot of potatoes. I don't do a lot of starches like that. I do your typical broccoli, cauliflower, kale. Uh, we had broccolini last night. We had onions last night. Um, you got that info? Did he say anything about? So I've got uh, Hyman's list of the best anti-inflammatory foods. And this is Dr. Mark Hyman, by the way, everybody listening. It's the doctor's pharmacy, F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. All of his stuff is awesome. Follow him on Instagram and, and watch his. And I don't even know him, by the way. This is just not a shameless plug, but it's he's very good information. So it, 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 rattle off those um, best anti-inflammatory foods. So the list is olive oil, mushrooms, berries, dark chocolate, fatty fish, green tea, broccoli, turmeric, bell peppers, bone broth, and avocados. There you go. When you talk about whole foods, I'm not talking about the food chain or not, not the food chain, the grocery chain. I'm talking about foods that don't come in the package, foods that are not processed, foods that you get in the produce aisle, foods that you get in the meat aisle. Um, go back and listen to those later on if you're not driving right now and write those things down. Um, but ultimately, yeah, supplementation. Staff Sergeant Camacho, you mentioned supplementation. I do take Thorn Mariva, M-E-R-I-V-A. I think it is a turmeric curcumin um, high dose anti-inflammatory. It tells me to take one to two pills or something. I think I take three or four. I always double my dosage. That is not that is not a medical advice or supplementation advice or dietitian advice. I am by no means an expert. I'm just telling you what I do. Um, but I think, as I said, anti-inflammatories are the most important thing. And I'm not talking about taking Aleve, NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. I'm not talking about taking those. I never take those, actually. Only anti-inflammatories I take are turmeric and ginger and some of those on the list. And, mul and truth be told, I don't even know. I didn't even really know those would be on the list. But, I mean, I eat pretty much all of those, you know. Ultimately, stay out of the fast food line. Stay out of the gas station. 
stay out of the convenience stores. Stop eating things out of crinkly uh, bags. And you're going to be doing a lot better. Because like I said, ultimately, unfortunately, we are victims of a broken food system. But look up Dr. Mark Hyman. He's got a ton of great stuff. I th- yeah, He talks a decent amount about anti-inflammatory foods on his podcast, as well as he puts out these one to two minute little snippets on Instagram. I've been watching him for years now and he's awesome. Um, but yeah, supplementation, fish oils as well. Um, what else is there? I take glutathione, which is an antioxidant. Um, I actually just got my live blood tested the other day where they just pricked my finger and kind of looked at it. Um, reminder, I need to call that guy back actually. Um, but he kind of looked at my live blood and, um, mentioned that, um, I need to up my antioxidants a little bit just to clean up my blood a little bit. Um, so hope those things, uh, work really well or sorry, I hope those things help you out a little bit. Um, drink a ton of water. I start every morning with a double dose of electrolytes and an ice cold water. I put it in a blender bottle, blender bottle at night, 32 ounces or 28 ounces of water, two scoops of electrolytes, two scoops of creatine, and then shake it up chill it overnight, chug it in the morning before my coffee. I repeat before my coffee, you're already dehydrated from your eight hours or whatever you've been sleeping that night. Make sure you wake up, get the body going with, um, some electrolytes, some cold water, um, and whatever else you want. I mean, obviously lemon is great. Lime is great. Some citrus fruits. All right. Next question. No, well, number one, number one, going back to Staff Sergeant Abraham Camacho from the U.S. Air Force. Thank you for your service and dedication to this beautiful country of ours. It's because of men and women like you who have served and sacrificed that I am able to sit here and ramble on on this microphone. So I appreciate you, Staff Sergeant Camacho. God bless you at the top. Next question comes from my man, Tim Delaney down in Florida. Um, Tim does some, some work for me when I'm down in Florida, he shot some video for me, some photos for me. So thanks Tim for calling in by calling in. I mean, emailing in, um, how do you prepare yourself for tough? Do you talk with former fighters and coaches about their experiences? Great question. Um, I have, uh, not done that yet. I've thought about reaching out to Chael cause I know Chael's been on the, on the show. Um, my boy, Dominic Cruz, who coached against, uh, Uriah Faber, um, I've thought about reaching out to these guys. I have not currently um, today as we speak. By the time this airs, maybe I, I would have. Um, but ultimately, I think, Tim, I think I've, you know, and I've said this on a couple of interviews, I truly am going in with an open mind. <laughs> uh, kind of just come what may. Um, I don't know if we're going to get the craziest, most brash, trash talking reality TV star, Connor, or if we're going to get the, uh, somewhat buttoned up a little bit more reserved, still cunning and witty and, and, and good with the trash talk, but a little bit more respectable, Connor, not respectable, respectful, Connor. You never know what you're going to get. And you might get the different one on Monday that you get on Tuesday and a different one on Wednesday. So my thing is I'm going to wake up every single morning, start with, thank you for this opportunity, show up to the ultimate fighter house, the gym, whatever we got to do that day with an open mind and ready for, ready for battle, prepared for battle. Um, but expecting myself to rise to the level of my training, rise to the level of my confidence and security in myself, rise to the level of the ability and confidence that I have in my ability to, to come back with anything that needs to be said. Um, and then just 
enjoying the process of being a coach. I've been, I've gone public with this, that I don't see myself being a coach after mixed martial arts. I don't think I have, I don't have the passion for it to, uh, to spend that much time in the gym training other people. Of course, I'll have little one-offs here and there and I'll still continue to train, but I don't want to make a, a career out of it. But this microcosm that we talk about, this, uh, this experience that the ultimate fighter will be being in Vegas for four, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it might be, um, filming this show, getting my fighters, looking them in the eyes and saying, Hey, I'm here for you. And you are going to fight for your life. You're fighting for your future. Your future is in my hands. And it is not something that I take lightly. When I was your age, if it's a young fighter, or if I had gone to the UFC, got cut and I came back or one of these other organizations and I came back, this is an opportunity of a lifetime for you. So what are we going to do with it? And when I say we, I mean you and me. I'm in this journey with you. You win, I can take a little bit of credit for you. But if you lose, I'm taking all the credit for you. It's my job, my, uh, my duty, my responsibility to put you in the best situation possible to win every single fight. Not to mention the fact that I want to beat Connor at every single thing. I don't care if they got us playing checkers. <sighs> I want to beat Conor McGregor in every single thing, every single sense of the word, every single moment of that show. To me, it's a competition. To me, the fight starts the moment we step inside of the U that UFC apex, ultimate fighter house, wherever it is. That's where the fight starts. So good question, Tim. Cannot wait to get out there and film this thing. Next question is from Anonymous. Hey, Mike, love the content that you put out every day. Extremely grateful to be able to listen to your podcast and absorb all the knowledge you put out. You've been a role, role model for me for ever since I was in high school. I am now a junior in college and wrestle at a division one school and have two years of eligibility left. I have been in a funk and can't seem to flip it. I've always been a huge, I've always been huge into meditation and visualization, but the transition from high school to college has been tough for me. I don't feel I am around the best environment to help me succeed because of the constant negativity, but I want to beat my environment and become something better regardless. With that said, I have dealt with a fair amount of injuries and setbacks and have only had about 20 college matches. My confidence is not there when I step on the mat and I don't want to be done with the sport because I feel like I have not reached my potential. I keep trying to stay head sharp and have a clear and strong mind, but it seems I'm losing the battle between my ears. How should I get out of this funk and become the wrestler I once was and gain confidence back on the mat? Thank you for taking, taking the time to read this and I'll see you at the top. Boy, oh boy. Anonymous, can't tell you um, how I know exactly where you are. I know exactly where you are because I've been in so many funks uh, in those five years that I was in college. Um, I underperformed and self-sabotaged so many different times. Like I said, I was the, I, I don't say this to toot my own horn. I just know that I am in the top 1% of the hardest workers who has ever walked through those doors at Mizzou. And the top 1% of the hardest workers that has ever put on the black and gold singlet. And the top 1%, maybe the number one hardest worker that Brian Smith, our head coach, has ever coached. And I say that because he's told me that. But that doesn't matter. It's not the most important thing. The hard work will get you to the starting lineup. The hard work will get you to the NCAA titles. The hard work will get you to the, to the national finals. 
but it's only the battle between your ears that's actually going to get you to win. And I can tell you this now only from experience and also being in the situation that you're in, that number one, start at the end right now. Let me paint a picture for you. It's 2004. I wrestled my last match against Matt Moley and I beat him. I take fifth at NCAAs. I become an All-American. I take off the anklet. Actually, I don't take off the anklet. Truth be told, I ran off the mat and stole the anklets because I wanted to keep them. Um, but I ran back in the back um, and I took those straps off, the singlet straps off of my shoulders. And I knew that I was taking them off for the last time. As a matter of fact, I remember I went back, I did a uh, interview with Flow Wrestling, stayed in the moment, stayed in the, in the high of it all, becoming an All-American, still trying to figure out what, what was going on. Was I happy that I became an All-American? Was I sad that I knew I underperformed? And as I walked away from that interview, I started to take off my straps for the last time and my eyes started welling up with tears because I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed because all of the pressure had been taken off. As I was taking those straps off, it was like there was 600 pounds of, of weight on top of the, my right strap and a thousand pounds of weight on the strap on my left side. And I took off this huge weight that had been on me for five years. And I realized in that moment that it wasn't that big of a deal. The pressure that I put on myself was 100 times more painful and suffocating than it actually was in real life. And I underperformed and self-sabotaged my entire career. So I would implore you right now to think about that moment for you, whatever arena it is, whatever color your singlet is, whatever day it is. Think about that moment where you take off the singlet for the last time, because I promise you, you're going to have the same thought that I had. Why did I do this to myself? And luckily for me, I was able to write that wrong into the sport of mixed martial arts and become who I am today. But going back to that moment, that moment is going to come. So think about that moment now, just as I have talked about me thinking about the 40 year old Michael thinking, I'm not going to be able to sleep at night if I don't make this jump to the UFC and fight the best guys in the entire world and give myself an opportunity to be successful, give, my, give myself an opportunity to be in the mix, to be in the talks about becoming the best lightweight in the world. Put yourself in that moment. And then number two, something more tangible, something you can do right away is something I talk about all the time on this microphone. Wake up every single morning and say thank you. Yes, you've been, your career has been riddled, riddled with injuries. Yes, you don't believe in yourself right now. Your self-image is in the dumps. You're in a funk. We all have been there. In the most respectful way possible, suck it up, buttercup. That's what I used to say to myself because it used to kind of give me a little bit of a smile. Suck it up, buttercup. What you're going through is the exact same thing every single person on the planet is going through just in a different way, in a different manner, in a different vocation. So tangible, to-do list, wake up in the morning and say thank you. Be grateful for the opportunity that you do have, even with the injuries, even with the funk. You still have two years of eligibility left. You're wrestling division one. You're wrestling at the highest level. 
And that in and of itself is, a, is an accomplishment. Check it off the list. You still have two years of eligibility. Check it off the list. Be grateful for that. You have two arms and two legs. Check it off the list. You're healthy enough to be competing. Check it off the list. If you're not healthy enough to be competing and you are currently going through an injury, it's up to you to rehab that injury and get yourself back on the mat. I don't mean, I don't mean to be blunt and in your face, but I know I have been there and I needed to be hard on myself. I needed to say, hey, listen, everybody has gone through this. And honestly, people have gone through way worse than this. But the tangible thing you can do, wake up in the morning, be grateful, say, thank you, Lord, for another day or thank you for another day, whatever you believe in. And number two, journal every single day. Write down what you want to do, be, and have in these next two years. And also make a mental highlight reel. I'm speaking to right now a college wrestler. This may not, you may not be, be able to relate to this at all, anybody else who's listening to this right now. But if you are in a funk, if you found yourself in a valley, you need to write down a mental highlight reel on a piece of paper. Go back to times that you have exceeded your expectations, overperformed been so proud of yourself, other people so proud of you, whatever internal and external rewards that you gained through these awesome experiences that you have had in your past, remember those things. Going back to my previous um, answer about patting yourself on your back, all those times that you forgot to pat yourself on the back, write those things down. Visualize those moments, those opportunities, those accomplishments, those goals that you crushed those things that you attained because you have to remind yourself. You have to remind yourself of, the, yourself of the times that you have been successful because your mind can't differentiate you visualizing these things and these things actually happening. So if you can see the really great things that you've accomplished in your life vividly, what they smell like, taste like, what they feel like, what the emotions were, the sights and the smells, the feelings and the emotions, you're doing reps, just like you're doing reps in the gym physically to build bigger muscles. You're doing reps in your mind, the mind gym, which is a great book where I got this mental highlight reel from the mind gym by Gary Mack, mind gym, G Y M by Gary Mack. It's a great book, but I go back to my mental highlight reel. I change up my mental highlight reel often. And it's been a huge tool for me, but anonymous, whoever you are, wherever you are, some division one college somewhere engaging in the hardest thing that you will ever, ever do in your entire life, which is division one college wrestling. Stay the course, know that things are going to get better. Journal every single day, visualize more, rehab your body, get back on, on track, check things off the list every single day, gain trust within yourself of doing the right things. So then in your greatest moment of opportunity, when you step on the mat, as you said, you step on the mat, your mind doesn't feel clear, your confidence isn't high. That will all start to go away. You will start to gain confidence and your mind will be clearer when you can gain more trust in yourself. Next question is from Brian. Hello, Iron Mike. What will be more important to you, the fact that you're fighting Connor and coaching against him on tough or that you are coaching on tough could result in the, in the next big star of the sport for many years to come, rising from your team. Thanks in part to your leadership. 
Your pal, Brian Jackson, PS, see you at the top. I love, I love that everybody ends it with see you at the top. Brian, great question because, um, I definitely don't quite know how impactful this coaching is going to be on, on tough yet. I, I know it's going to be cool, but my guess is it's going to ex- far exceed my expectations. Getting to spend this much time with and be around these young men inside the competition of the ultimate fighter, gaining relationships, falling in love with every single one of their journeys, scared of their deficiencies that I know they have, their glaring weaknesses that they have, trying to turn those things into strengths before the next opportunity, before the next fight. Them coming in, they somehow got on the show. They're so mentally weak. They're so mentally messed up or they're so confident that they're overconfident. I have no idea. I have no expectations whatsoever. You see these, see this all the time in sport, not just mixed martial arts, but sports in general. Guy's got the talent, but he doesn't have the mentality. Guy's got the mentality, but doesn't have the talent. I'm excited to be inside of that competition and inside the four walls of that training facility, spending all this time with these guys, following them on this journey and knowing that I am an intricate part, maybe the one of the most important parts. It's up to them. They got to go out there and win the fights. But I'm a big part of the biggest opportunity of their life. And it's something that I am not going to take lightly. So what's more important to me that I'm fighting Connor and coaching against him on tough or the fact that I might be the coach to one of these guys who wins this thing and becomes a big star in the UFC, maybe even UFC champion down the line. Right now, it feels like the Connor fight, obviously, um, for me personally, because I haven't gotten there yet. I haven't made the personal touches and falling in love with this, this coaching thing, falling in love with my team, winning together, losing together, laughing together, crying together, ultimately knowing that even if I'm not the guy who coaches the, the guy who wins the ultimate fighter, but every single one of my, my team, every single one of my guys is going to be better for having been coached by me. That is my goal. That is not me bragging on myself. That is me saying that is my goal. I want that to, I want that to happen. I want them to say every single one of them, Hey, I won the ultimate fighter because of Michael's leadership or Hey, I didn't reach my goal. I didn't become the ultimate fighter, but I'm a better man on the other side of this tough show than I was before I came into it. That is my goal. Um, So I'm excited. As I said, I'm going in with open arms, no expectations aside from me working my daggum tail off. Good question, Brian. Last question from Mateo. Hey, Mike, my name is Mateo. I love the podcast. I love watching you fight. Thank you for putting your body and mind and heart on the line every single time. I respect you. My question is this, how do I allow myself to see myself in a better and more confident way? I recently went through a breakup of four years and it really took a toll on me mentally. I feel like a failure and recently found out she moved on and is in another relationship. I try to keep myself busy. I work out consistently and eat clean and practice, practice jujitsu. And also I am pursuing a, a side business as a personal trainer on top of working an eight hour job. I feel like I have good things going for me, but yet I still feel like a failure because my relationship fell apart. I feel like I couldn't provide and couldn't serve and felt like less of a man. How can I stop myself from getting in my own way and become the best version I can be? Thank you. God bless. See you at the top. 
And Mateo, you are enough. You are enough. The door closed on this relationship, but the closing of of this door may be the catalyst for the greatest blessing of your entire life. And I would venture to say even the thoughts that you're thinking, the feels that you're feeling, the dumps that you're down in, the valley that you're down in could turn into the greatest coiling of the spring to be the springboard to, to catapult you to the best season of your life. I can't speak to a heartbreak, a breakup. I have never been broken up with um, in any sort of way that ever affected me like it sounds like it's affecting you. So it's hard for me to give you any kind of that self-image, the self-image advice from a breakup. But I can tell you this, I have felt like a failure many, many times in my life, whether it be feeling like a failure because of an athletic setback, feeling like a failure because of a relationship setback with my wife, feeling like I have let her down, or maybe we have gone through distance or, you know, we, we live a, a tough life where I leave and I have to come back and we have to assimilate ourselves back into, to this, um, thing that we call marriage. Um, feeling like a failure in business, feeling like a failure because I let other people down. I've been through these seasons many, many times as well. And as I said, If a bad thing happens to you, but a good thing comes from it, was it really a bad thing? And there's no way that I can say that right now. And all of a sudden a light bulb goes off and you say, oh, I'm good, man. Something good is going to come from that. It's not realistic. But what is realistic is the work that you can do inside of your heart, mind, soul, and spirit in order to find out I, Mateo, at my greatest moment of opportunity and at my darkest hour, I am enough. So how do you get there? You get there the same way everybody gets there, whether it's a breakup, whether it's a setback at work, whether it's a setback in athletics, whether it's bankruptcy, whether it's any one of these different things that we have to, that we all go through in life in our different seasons. It starts by saying, thank you. Starting with gratitude. One of the things that I think you might be lacking right now is gratitude. And I could be wrong. Like I said, I'm an expert at nothing. I don't know you personally, but we can always use more gratitude. We can always have more gratitude. And by having more gratitude, then and only then can we become the man or woman that we were designed to be. I truly believe that the heart was designed for more gratitude, to operate in gratitude, seeing seeing that which is beautiful and joyful and peaceful and of good repute and fulfilling in life instead of focusing on the breakup. Because Mateo, like you said, you're pursuing a job as a personal trainer. You have your eight hour, you have your eight hour job that you're doing. You're training jujitsu, which means you're taking, taking and putting an investment into your fitness, into your health bank. Probably means you got two arms and two legs and a capable body. It probably means that you have a lot of things to be thankful for that you can be more grateful for and then becoming a good finder, training yourself to become a good finder. Right now, I would challenge you right now to say, yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, she moved on. Yeah, I even feel like a failure and it could have been my fault that she left or that she moved on. But A, I am enough. 
B, I'm going to keep getting better. And C, I have so much to be thankful for. Finding the good in every situation, finding the good in every single day. Waking up every single morning and saying thank you, journaling about what could you have done better? What could I have done better? What, what is the lesson that I'm learning in this quote unquote failed relationship, as you say? Because I don't think we could call it a failed relationship if a good thing comes from it. I don't think any fight that I have lost that has led to a bigger fight was ever really a failure. I don't think any closed door that I just tried to turn that doorknob and it was so locked and I took a crowbar to it and I took a drill to it and I took a sledgehammer to it and I took a jackhammer to it and I could not figure out how to open this freaking door and it was killing me only to look over and see an open door, walk through that one and realize it was the greatest blessing of my life. So if a bad thing happens, but a good thing comes from it, was it really a bad thing? So I just encourage you right now. That you are enough. Every single person listening right now is enough. But we have to win the battle between our ears by doing the work required. Waking up the same time in the morning, spending your time visualizing who you want to be, what you want to do, what you want to have. Admitting your faults, admitting where, where you believe you went wrong in this relationship, where you might be cutting corners in your job, where you might be cutting corners in jujitsu. And I'm not saying you, these are not things that you um, mentioned in this question, but these are all things that I do. Where am I cutting corners in my career? I can tell you right now, there's very few places, but there's, there's things that I can do better. Where am I cutting quarter, corners in my relationship with my wife? I can tell you right now, I'm a pretty darn good husband, but there's things that I can do better. I know there's things I can do better. Pretty darn good husband. Or sorry, pretty, pretty darn good father. But there's times I can be more present. There's times I can put the phone down and spend more time. There's times I can say, forget this fight, forget this opportunity, forget this career. Right now I'm jumping on the trampoline. Right now I'm sitting here playing cars with my son. So I'm only telling you this because I believe I'm pretty darn good at these things, but there's always room for an improve, improvements. And then when I do acknowledge said improvements and I do write them down and say, I can get better at these three things, these four things, these five things, I'm not doing it from a place of shame on you, Michael. You should be better at these things. I show myself the grace. Two G words for you, Mateo, gratitude and grace. And I'm not just talking to Mateo here. I'm talking to every single one of us right now because every single one of us can have more gratitude and we can show ourselves more grace. Just like we can pat ourselves on the back more and be proud of ourselves more for our accomplishments to then compound on themselves to get to the next accomplishment and the next goal. We can also show ourselves some more grace. You will never be perfect. And I've talked about that a lot, focusing on success not perfection. You will never, ever be perfect and striving for perfection is only going to lead to pain. It's only going to lead to a guaranteed failure. I was talking to my son about, son about that last night. What is possible? What is impossible? There's very few things that are impossible in life, right? But one of those things that is impossible is being perfect. People can be like, oh, it's a, that was a perfect game. That was a perfect fight. That was a perfect business presentation. That was a perfect date. Swept her off her feet, married her. There's always things you can do better. 
but it's showing yourself the grace in those deficiencies that you do have because we're all going to have them in every single area of our life. Gratitude, grace. Mateo, I can't wait for you to email me back and say, I met the woman of my dreams. So glad that breakup happened. Also, congratulations on pursuing a side hustle of being a, a personal trainer. Um, keep practicing jujitsu. Um, so that'll do it for today as far as the questions go. But there's a common thread here, guys, that we're all going to stumble. We're all going to encounter setbacks. We're all going to feel less than. Goodness gracious. I wish <laughs> I wish I could put y'all in my mind where I was pretty recently. Um, probably the one of the lowest times in my life um, as far as my mentality or my, my self-image. The devil is a liar, but he sure is alive. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he knows you darn well. He knows you really, really well. He knows right where the deepest, darkest chinks in your armor are. He knows where to attack you. That's why even in the highest of highs, even on top of the mountaintop, even when you are at your best, you are on the peak, you still have to stand guard at the gate of your mind. Stay diligent and stay disciplined and be on guard because he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And a lot of times, he comes when you least expect it. So I hope these episodes are speaking to you. Um, if any more questions got welled up by anything I said today, make sure you send them in to podcast at michaelchandler.com. We are going to be doing these often. seems like we're filming one every day or two now, every two days, three days to be able to send these out to y'all. Um, as always, send it to a friend. If you really think one of these questions, one of these answers would, would, would really touch somebody's heart and help them through something that they're going through, share it with them, like, subscribe, all that other stuff that everybody always says. Um, I just appreciate you guys being on this journey with me. Hope you guys have a wonderful, blessed day. The best is yet to come for me, for you, for all of us. God bless. I'll see you at the top.